Okay, so, well, that first half, at least I know it's on, it'll be on, um, whatchamacallit, on on YouTube, that whole thing will be on there. But we'll edit that video. We'll probably just leave it and just go through the straight, straight up, just like leave it like that. But um, basically got to Germany in 2019, January of 2019. Um, snowy as shit, cold as shit over there. It was snowing. Um, I didn't have a car. Uh, I got in processed, but basically... They figured, I guess, hey, you're a staff sergeant, so you should be able to figure it out or rent the car uh, and manage your way. Because most of the time, they don't really they don't really give a shit when it comes to you just got to be at the time and place you need to be. However you get there, you get there. Most of the time, they don't really care how you do it. Um, they just figure, hey, you're going to make money back. So they be like, hey, you can just pay for it ahead of time. Uh, luckily, I was able to, and I was able to afford it. But that's not the same thing with everybody because you have soldiers sometimes that are like, Lower enlisted that don't really make that much money, don't really make that much BAH. You transitioning for the first time to a new place of duty and it's overseas. So you already have a barrier with the language at times. And then you have issues also where you don't really see the people that you're dealing with till you're they're there because you have to go through the whole in processing of the place. Um, so I got there and it was like, at first I wasn't sure what was going on because I was going to a ammunition company and I'm a chemical soldier. So I didn't really think there was anything for me to do at that unit. Really, it was just going to be, I was going to be the Seaburn guy, but at the rank of staff sergeant, it's kind of weird to just be thrown into the company like that. But it was something that was actually assigned to the company. So it, it worked out in that manner. Um, I fell into some great leadership. Um, and those names I will say, Master Sabo and Captain Chris Jansen, um, great leaders, great supportive leaders, took care of you, looked out for you. Um, and those are the type of leaders that you, you want in the military. Those are the people that you want to work for. Those are the people that you strive to work for and you work harder for because you know they actually have your backs and they actually take care of you. So and I'll say that for the beginning part of being in Germany, I was not hesitant. I was like, okay, I, I could do a couple more years. You know, you could you start thinking like, hey, I could do this time. I can look into it. I can move forward because of working for people like that. Because, you know, if th something goes wrong or something, they got your back. They ask you, hey, if you fucked up, you fucked up. They chew your ass out. But if, if you know you needed help and it was not on you and they tried to put it on you, they had your back. So that's that's something that in the military People stay for reasons like that when they have leadership that does that. But one thing I do notice with the military is like the military does not do that consistently. Um, the military has an issue where I don't know how the fuck it is that they do it. But it's like whenever you have one leadership, like you have great leadership, takes care of you, looks out for you. It's like the army's like, nah, fuck this shit. These people are too happy, too good in spirit. Morale is high. We got to fuck this shit up. And the next person that comes is usually the complete opposite of what that is. Um, not always, but a very high percentage of the chance that's how it happens. I don't know how it is that the military figures that shit out, how the army does it. But a lot of the times that that's what it does. It goes like you go from having somebody that has a ton of experience that knows what they're doing as a leader to somebody that really didn't know what the fuck was going on with the situation. Like they didn't know what they were doing at all. So that goes into the, into it. Like, so I'm there new soldier in processing. Uh, I meet one of my good friends, uh, Nathaniel, uh, sing song. 
uh, which I am going to his wedding this this coming week. So me and him, we both came from places where, you know, discipline. He was already in Germany, so he was already there. But it came from discipline where, you know, there was structure. Was could be toxic in places like most places in the army. You're gonna find something toxic. Is depending on how you deal with it and how well the toxicity is, which is a bad thing to say. Is like how bad is it? Oh, that's not that bad kind of thing. That's how some places in the military are, which isn't the best thing. Um, but we we recognized and we knew what was going on. We knew how to work with each other. We knew like okay, it's either you're gonna be in charge or I'm gonna be in charge. So. He was a supply sergeant, so the company didn't have... The supplier didn't know what the fuck they was doing before. That shit was, like, all ate up, all messed up. So it took some time for them to figure out what was going on and learning from it. And he ended up fixing everything. Like, this man did some work with that place. Like, cleaned out the whole place and everything. And you you just had it like that it was that working relationship but he was like my backup and stuff cuz sometimes it's like if i wasn't able to be at work or i got sent somewhere he was the one that would take over so we they the the platoon went from a person that basically was a very i will say like flirtatious person that was in charge with females um so then two stricter dudes me and him that basically weren't for the bullshit it was like, hey, we took this. It's it's a job. It's our. It's it's my career. It's my job. I'm not gonna mess it up by some stupidity. Stupidity, just like trying to flirt with a girl just to like get her to do work. Oh no! I was just like, if you weren't doing your shit, I called you out on it because it's like, hey, your job hinders my job. My job is to make sure you could do your job, but. If you can't do it well or you fucking around or you bullshitting and you just think it's just going to be like nothing to it, it doesn't work that way. Because then it's just like I look bad. I don't like looking bad. That's that's the one thing. In the military, I took pride in making sure that my shit was straight and I ain't fuck shit up. So if you were fucking my shit up and you were under me, I tried to help you and I tried to steer you in the way to make sure you were doing the right thing or just trying to teach you so you could better yourself so that it's better ways of doing it. Uh, a lot of people got stuck. Um, like in the military, a lot of people don't like listening to people because they think it's just like, oh, he's just trying to tell me to do it this way. Sometimes it is like, do it my way. And then sometimes it's like, hey, this is the way I did it when I did this. Because it's like, I've been in the army longer than you have. I've done this work more than you have because I'm chemical. I wasn't really doing my job. I was doing everyone else's job. So I was learning how to do paperwork here, paperwork there, how to run awards, how to do leave form, how to do um, 4187s, which is like uh, orders for authorization to go to school, DTS, which is the defense travel system. I was doing a lot of stuff. So I learned, I learned how to do a lot of jobs in the military while also knowing my job. So it made it easier for me to teach people because then it makes them more well-rounded. If you're more well-rounded in the military, it makes it easier. So basically me being in charge of basically, I think it was like, what, 40-something odd people? And it's just like that allowed you to like see because the thing is, is before in Hawaii, before I got to Germany, I was in charge of like, what, it was like six people? And then it went to like 40-something people. It's a big difference when you're going from six to 40 something. But the thing is, is they put that responsibility on you. The thing is, is I took that same way I managed those six people 
but I enhanced it and expanded it to 46. Because basically, it's it's the same thing. The same way you take care of people, the same way you talk to people, you look out for people, you try to make them better at what they're supposed to do or teach them something that you see that they're weak at so that they get better. That's how you build the overall morale and you build a better platoon or unit because you make people better at what they thought they couldn't get better at or they needed work on. So it was a bunch of back and forth at first because it was just like, I'm the new guy. Nobody knows who I am, but I'm I'm very professional. Hey, parade rest, this, this, and that, talking to people, correcting people. Um, the first iteration I had with um, the soldiers where it was like I was a no-nonsense kind of guy was we were, we got there, we got to the unit, and maybe within like a week or two, they were going out to the field. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. Another another place I get to where as soon as I get here, it's like we're going to the field or something. Did that in Hawaii. I got to Hawaii, uh, in processed it at seventy at with three oh third, but then they moved me to division. I worked at the division company, but once I got there, literally that first weekend I got there, I got there that Friday. I got a call on Saturday, like, hey, do you got your clothes? Like, do you have your clothing and your gear and all that? I'm like, yeah. All right, cool. On Monday, you're getting shipped out to PTA, which is the Puna. I can't even say the damn thing. It's a training area, but the 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 way they say it, it's a, it's a long name with a P. I have a T-shirt somewhere like, where the hell is or where the heck is this area? Because uh, it's on the big island in Hawaii where you're stationed in Oahu. So that's where you go to. Uh, but... I got there literally that Saturday, that Monday, I was on a helicopter, my first ever helicopter ride, and I'm I'm flying across ocean waters to a different island to go shoot guns. Uh great experience. I have videos on that. I should I should upload those and put those in there to just be able to show people so that they can see it. But you have all that stuff that happens, and then it's like we're out in the field. They're like, okay. So at first I'm just trying to see because the thing is is being here at Fort Riley, which I'm basically near again in Kansas. Um, excuse me. You 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 you're out in the field. You you you're training out in the field. You're digging a foxhole. You're digging a ditch for yourself and your and your battle buddy. That's where you're gonna sleep in, or that's where you're gonna be your fighting position and stuff like that. So I'm trying to see what they do here. Get to Germany. It's basically like Hawaii. There's no digging allowed. So I'm already like, okay, like the field is going to be different here because they don't do as much, I would say like physical labor as it would be in like the state side where you can dig in these training areas because Germany, you, you can't dig. So they didn't want you digging like foxholes, which foxholes is basically the area where you would, you dig in, it's like basically digging in a ditch that you... Well, the way we did it, or at least they, the way they taught it, it was a way that you would dig a ditch down in, in, in a slope, basically. So basically, you would cover yourself. So basically, you're not laying flat. You're laying diagonally. And at the back end, you dug a bit deeper because that's where you would put your um your rucksack or your whatever your gear year was. And then you tried to dig another hole out the way. So in case it rained, the water actually flowed out of the foxhole. A lot of people didn't get taught to the drainage part because if it was going to rain, that meant that you had a downhill thing where all your gear and everything was going to get soaked. So you didn't have it in a water bag. Your shit was soaked. Um, So 
you built it that way and that's where you had your fighting position and then you had to like literally fortify it. So sometimes it would be you would get sandbags and fortify it depending on the on the environment. So if you were in a grassy area which had branches and stuff like that, you fixed up your fighting area to basically cover it, put some concealment. So basically the only thing that they should be able to see or wouldn't be able to see would maybe be the flash of the weapon when you were firing it in whatever direction so that's something they taught you so in germany you couldn't do that so that made it a bit interesting because you're like um hmm i can't really dig so i can't show these guys like how they would properly do it so you leave it at that and it was like okay this is it is what it is um but then it was like okay we're gonna do we're gonna do training so everybody's like, okay, we're going to do training. Uh, and I'm like, I'm Seaburn. I was just like, I could come up with stuff off the top of my head, do training because everybody had their pro mask because I made sure within like a week, everybody had their stuff where everybody had a mask. So we go and we're doing some training. So it's like, hey, we're calling all the soldiers out to uh, a certain area, like an open area, like, hey, we're going to do some training. Uh, and there was two soldiers. I can't remember the damn soldiers' names. But they were two like, they, they were kind of like knuckleheads. You could tell they were knuckleheads. And these dudes took their sweet-ass time. So they took their sweet-ass time bringing their gear. Because everybody was supposed to bring their gear, their weapon and everything. Come lay it out in a formation style. Like dress right dress, as they like to say, basically. Everybody line up their stuff with their helmet, their IOTV, which is their ballistics plates. And a weapon next to it. Like that. We're going to do some seaburn training. So it took these guys, I think it was like, everybody got there quick. So I was like, okay, everybody is in here. Because I took a head count before and I'm like, all right, now everybody's here. So, okay, let's have everybody show up. And these people took, it was two of them. They took 10 minutes to get there. So I was like, oh, okay. So fuck me, right? Y'all don't want to listen to me. I'm the new guy. Y'all don't give a damn what I'm saying. Okay, cool. This is how we're going to play it. All right. Since y'all wanted to take your time and waste my time and waste the rest of the company's time here when we're going to do some training, what y'all going to do for the next 10 minutes is y'all going to take your gear, do two push-ups, take your gear off, do two push-ups, put your gear back on, do two push-ups, put, put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off. Because it's like you didn't know how to get your gear in on time or get it on on time to show up to training. You didn't know how to take it off on time to get to training and lay it down and be with the rest of them. So I made them, hey, the time that you wasted for me, it was the time you wasted for you. So for the next 10 minutes, these guys are just like sweating their ass off. Push-ups on, push-ups off, push-ups on. And everybody looked at me like, oh, shit, this dude is like, this dude is nuts. He's, he's intense. And I was just like, and that's literally, I think, like the only smoking I gave anybody that whole time I was there. Um, but it set that standard of just like, hey, I'm not here to waste my time. If you're going to waste my time, I'm going to waste your time. Uh, like I said before, my drill sergeant showed me that if, if you're going to waste my time, it's not that I'm going to waste my time. There's three things I could take away from you. I could take away your sleep. I could take away your time and I could take away your money. Mess with any one of those three with people. And trust me, their attitude changes in the military. Why? Because sleep, you're going to need sleep. Because in the field or NTC, JRTC, you don't get to sleep. You barely sleeping. They 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 are working you hours on hours. 
just for nonsense, just to prepare you basically for a deployment. Money is basically if you lose rank, you're going to lose money. If you were paying something and you lost your rank, you're losing money. So how you going to make these payments? Are you going to keep paying? That's on the army don't care. Leadership don't care. You can have all the bills in the whole world trying to pay shit off. Motherfuckers will try to take your rank, and once you take their rank, it's just like, hey, figure it out. That's that's the that's the stupid shit that is is um with the military is crazy, and it tries to make people like, hey, you fuck up, it's on you. You're gonna lose your money. That's your problems with anything else after that, which sometimes is detrimental because the thing is, is if a person starts stressing out, losing their credit, losing bills, not paying this, getting that, it was just like, how do you think this person is gonna be in this right state of mind? To be proactive, be motivated, do what he has to do, and, and keep a straight face. Like, the army don't think about it like that. The army just think about it. I was like, well, you need a punishment. Here you go. Um, and what was it? I said, I said, time. I said, sleep, money, and sleep. Because you don't sleep. I said, money, and I said, your time. Because just time is just like, they can just take your time, like. You could be home early most of the time. If you ain't doing shit, go home. I would do that most of the time. Go home. Me, I was the one that left the last. Because I was just like, I'm not leaving before any of my soldiers leave. So if a soldier had to finish something or they had to get some paperwork done, first saw I needed it or something like that, I stayed till that person left. And then when they didn't, and when they did stay late, it was like, hey, don't show up to morning formation tomorrow. I'll give you a comp day for it. Or, or a comp for it. Like, hey, it was like, oh, late work call for this person. Um, first sergeant, I know a couple of times she would look at me like, like, I didn't authorize that shit. And I was just like, I didn't, I didn't say nothing. I was like, what did you want me to do? Ask you every single time somebody stays late. If a person is staying late because they had to do something that, that was not their fault, I am not going to penalize them for that. Now, if they were working late because it was something that they chose to be late on, that's on them. They don't get that late work call. But if it's something that was needed, that it was priority, like, you know, how everything is priority in the military, that was it. It was just time. So taking someone's time away is a big factor when it comes to it. So it changes what they do. So with that situation, I just showed people like, hey, I mean business. I'm going to do this. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to talk about. We're going to do training. But, hey, don't waste my time. From then on, um, those two soldiers never gave me any problems. They they barely even tried to interact with me because <laughs> I know I know they probably disliked me at that point because of what I did. But it's just like in the military, sometimes you have to do that to to let people know like, hey, I'm not going to play these games with y'all. I was just like, if it were like, hey, I said, take your time. No, I was like, hey, everybody hurry up. Grab your stuff. We're going to get a class in. They took their time. They paid for it. Uh, but besides that, once they saw that, the, the company saw, it was like, okay, this guy's like, he's, he's extra. I'm not extra. I'm one of the most laid back people. Like I said, that was the only time I actually made somebody do like some like pushups or anything the whole time I was there. Um, cause most of the time I told people, I was like, I don't like to, I'm not going to do the physical stuff. Like, oh, pushups here, push up that. I, I put it in writing. I'd rather put it on a. 4856, which is a counseling form, which basically it shows a pattern and it shows a record. Because the thing is, is 
as a younger NCO or younger sergeant, I learned that that it's like, hey, you can get burned by soldiers for that. Because the thing is, is if a soldier continues to do something that they're not supposed to and you don't have it in writing and you just verbally say it all the time, it was like there's nothing to justify you trying to take it to a higher level of punishment because the soldier's a knucklehead or he doesn't want to listen. So I always told him, I was like, look, I'm not going to scream at y'all. I'm going to just put it in writing. You don't show up to formation, it's going to go on paper. It's not like I'm going to... It's going the The justification and the correction came with it on paper. I didn't put it like, hey, we're going to do this many push-ups or I'm going to smoke you for like half an hour. It was like smoking somebody really didn't do anything when it came to time or any kind of... I I never understood that form of correction. Because, yeah, you're going to get the person dog-tired and shit, but there's some people in the military that it was like they love that shit. Some soldiers is like, oh, you going to smoke me? Cool, let's do it. These motherfuckers get more motivated to fucking do dumb shit because of that smoking. You just like gave them this adrenaline rush and they, you just look at it like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, how did this backfire on me? I'm supposed to be tired of watching him get tired and this dude just wants to keep going. So it's like, it, it works back and forth. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, But I always put stuff on paper, but like throughout the time you're there and then we get um two other platoon sergeants, which I didn't get along with. Um, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna say I didn't get along with because at first, I get along with everybody. I'm the person that gets along with everybody to a certain point, and then from there, if I don't fuck with you, I don't fuck with you. And with those two, I just did not fuck with because of the fact that it was just like you could tell they were fake. It was just like there's there's a point where somebody wants to talk to you. And they they trying to do it in a way to like, you know, help you out or boost you out or like give you pointers and stuff. And then there's times that it's just like they talking to you just because they trying to see what you up to or what you doing or how your thought process is so that they know to avoid it or they know what to say in case they get questioned. So I started noticing that because my platoon was squared away. Our documentation was good. Appointments was good. Nobody was getting in trouble. I ain't have nobody being late. People were getting promoted. People going to the promotion board. So I ain't have no issues in my platoon. But then the other platoons did have issues. And it came to a point where other soldiers were coming to me from their platoons to talk. Like, just questions. Just like either life questions, how to get promoted Oh, I put in this paperwork, this, this, and that. I manage the headquarters company or like the orderly room, which is basically where all the tra- the paper transactions and all, all the stuff happens. So if anything happened, it came through one of my soldiers' desk and it was there. So I basically had a track of, oh, we received this document, this document. We got this for this person, this for that person. So when you see that, you see that and it's just like, okay. You see these things, you see what's going on, and soldiers is coming to me for answers. And I'm like, why are soldiers coming to me for answers when they have their own people to go and ask? And mind you, these are people that have been in the Army longer than I have. They have supposedly more experience than I have at what I'm supposed to be doing. Yet I'm managing... That company better. 
I'm assisting that company better. I'm assisting the soldiers better. I'm teaching them. I'm helping them learn. And it was just like, it got to the point where I was making them look so bad that they just started to throw, try to throw me under the bus or my soldiers under the bus for whatever reason possible. Because the thing is, is they had a problem with the fact that I was doing everything the way it was supposed to be. We got into it one time where it was a meeting with all of us and the first sergeant where it was, they had an issue with the fact that I did not keep my soldiers at parade rest when I was speaking to them. So now parade rest is basically a custom and courtesy in the military where a person is standing with their basically legs open and they have their hands behind their back. Um, so when that happens, you, you have that happening. And at that point, you're supposed to keep on talking to the person if they're lower ranked or stuff. They stay in that position. So most of the times when it came to talking to my first sergeant or a senior above me, I would go into parade rest for them to speak to them. But if we were at the same level, the same position, I didn't bother to do that. Some people didn't like that, but I was just like, it's the position. If we at the same position, the rank don't matter. Because the, the, the position is the one that gives you that, that authority to do that. So I, I left it at that. Um, so they didn't like that. And I was like, okay, whatever. So then it was just like, oh, he, he doesn't keep them in parade rest. Because I tell my people to relax. If you come up to me in parade rest, but that's the thing. It was just like the, the soldiers had the respect for me as a, uh, as a non-commissioned officer, as an NCO, to come up to me, stand at parade rest, and start speaking to me. I would just tell them, hey, relax. And if you tell them like to relax or at ease, they can relax, put their hands down and stuff like that. And I was just like, I had the mannerisms with my soldiers to talk like, hey, if we're going to talk, we're going to talk as adults. If it's an issue going on with you, I'm not going to have you in parade rest all uncomfortable. It was like that. There's no, there's no familiarity, familiarity. I can't even say familiarity. There we go. With, with you, I couldn't even say the word, but there's no there's no sense of communication with that. Me talking to you in a different, you're not comfortable. I want you to be comfortable and be able to speak to me. So if you have issues, I can know that you have that confidence in me to speak to me and then I can respond to you back because it's like at the end of the day, yes, this is a job, but we talking as adults. We're not talking as it's like, yes. I am your leader. I am your supervisor. But at the same time, I'm a human being. You're a human being. You're an adult. I'm an adult. Both bleed. If we both get shot, we both might die. We're going to bleed the same blood if we get shot, stabbed, whatever the case may be. Still a person. And some people don't realize that. And some people take it that, oh, I got this rank and stuff like that. They take it up over their head too much. And they just think that people are supposed to be uh, submissive to them because of the rank. Shit don't work like that. And some people need to understand that. Um, but yeah, I would tell my people to relax. And I would tell them to speak to me. And they had an issue with that. And I'm just like, hold up. Y'all have an issue with me doing this. But the thing is, is you pick and choose who you tell to go to parade rest. I'm the same way with all my soldiers. All my soldiers are telling them to relax once they come up to me. Y'all pick and choose who you want to go to parade rest. If they didn't like somebody, oh, they were in parade rest. But if they liked them, they had a conversation with them like they were just kicking the shit. So it's like y'all pick and choose when y'all want to be professionals or when y'all want to hold that standard. But then when somebody else is doing it because you see I'm doing it, you want to bring it up to our first sergeant to try to make me look like shit. 
oh, I don't have no discipline with my soldiers. My soldiers don't get in trouble. You're the one that's always in here because your soldier missed this, didn't show up to that, or got in trouble for this, is having this, had what um, issues all over the place. And it's just like, y'all coming at me for this. Okay, so we left it at that. Then one of them uh, got promoted. How, I don't know, because she was under investigation for some shit. I don't know the details exactly, but once you go into an investigation of certain shit and you lose it, it was just like you shouldn't have any responsibility. You had, um, I believe she was in charge of the SHARP which is the sexual harassment and stuff like that. And she was under investigation. What the investigation was, I don't know. I'm not going to clarify. I'm not going to dive into that because there I did not have the specifics. I do know she lost a job. The fact that you lose that job when that is one of the highest like respect and like positions to have and you lost it, that to me already shows that there should be no confidence in you to the fact that you have to get investigated and you lost that position. So what do they do? They reward her with putting her in charge of the company after I left. But let's backtrack a bit more. Within that company, we had our Sergeant Major. Everybody know that Sergeant Major because he used to be that big, tough dude and we just like, want to talk to you. Amen, amen. It was just like, bro, this dude was just like, you were just like, he said you have to respect it because of the rank, but you know this dude was full of shit also. Um, This dude was fucking so-and-so. I said it. I don't give a damn. But like I said, it's spilling the tea in this in this episode. And this dude was fucking that sergeant or that senior NCO. And they were both married. So adultery is happening. And that's the issue. That same NCO was fucking another NCO, which was a good friend of mine. And he let me know. He stopped messing with her because of the fact that she was married. He he does he doesn't do that. He's he's oblivious to it. If the woman is with somebody, he's he throws his hands out. He's like, nah, I'm not doing this. So she was doing that. Um. So in that battalion, it got to the point where it was just like sexual favors. It seems like was going around left and right when it came to people because some people were just moving up in certain places and doing and getting certain jobs, and it's just like. Bro, how when you haven't done anything? You haven't even managed the people you had to manage in the first place. And now you at this point and you getting... It shouldn't work that way. But at that battalion, hey, all shit is fair, I guess. Uh, You had one other um, of the first sergeants that got kicked out or got removed because he was sending dick pics to another soldier. Uh... And it's funny because I didn't know exactly what was going on, but the battalion would post like for some reason they would post like the like the battalion news or what was going on within the battalion in the urinals or the bathroom for some reason. I, I don't know why. So it was just like, hey, if you're going to take a piss, hey, go ahead. You can read this, pay attention to this, see what's going on. So I started reading what it said and it was like, oh, this master sergeant was caught sending illicit pictures to this soldier. It, within his company, this, this, and that. And then I started putting one and one together. I was like, oh, this master sergeant just got moved. Why did this master sergeant get moved? Got sent over here, then all of a sudden, retiring. 
Because in the military, that's what happens when it comes to sexual assault and stuff like that. When it comes to harassment or something like that, something of a of a person that's supposed to be of the most utmost professionalism, senior ranking, mentoring, and all that stuff, he's the one sending the dick pics. But what happens to him? He just gets moved from his company. He's no longer in charge of it. He gets moved to another section within the battalion. And then they let him retire. He retires early because he was probably planning to stay longer. But he he gets like forced retired to get out because of what he did. So it goes to show it's just like, so you allow a person to do this. Because clearly that wasn't the first time he was doing that. But this was the time he got caught for it. He got caught and he still manages to retire. So that's where there's a big issue in the military where, hey, that's another one of the reasons why retention is low. Because you see issues like that where somebody is sending the senior commissioned officer uh non-commissioned officer is sending dick pics to a soldier that works in his company then there was another one right before i left there was a commander that was fucking one of the ncos but then that first sergeant was also fucking this. so basically the command the command team so basically the commander and the first sergeant were fucking the same soldier the first sergeant i guess caught the commander fucking the soldier because I guess nobody the, the the whole triangle didn't wasn't connected they didn't know so then he ended up snitching on the commander and then the commander got relieved he didn't get relieved but everybody knew they were fucking that's what, like <laughs> the funny part about all of this is like I didn't ask for none of this information a lot of the information I got and all the tea I got from that battalion it was just like people would just start talking about it to me and I'm just like what. I was like, that's why he ain't there? Because I would notice. I was just like, yo, what happened to so-and-so? He's not, he's no longer in charge of this company. Or he's not over there. Because the thing is, is I was an operations NTO. So a lot of the times, if I couldn't get to the operations, I had to call their first sergeant or I had to call their commander like, hey, this is what's going on. I was just like, hey, y'all owe us this information. Like, this mission happens in two days and we don't have information from you. We need this. And the thing is, is that that's where you have the accountability issues. Because it's like I said, there was these, so our major was fucking people, first sergeants were fucking people, commanders were fucking people. Nothing happens to them. But then you had people run into like other, because it was like a line of people that it was just happening. The same company I was first in, they put in another first sergeant. And this dude had a reputation for liking the females. Ball-headed, dumb motherfucker. That's all I got to say about him. Um, This dude was just like after the female. So basically, he took over and he started basically aligning the company to have nothing but females working in the positions that were around him. Um... And it got to the point where they filed a equal opportunity complaint against them. Basically, multiple female soldiers saying that there was favoritism with a certain soldier. Uh, that soldier was doing this. They were doing that. It was very friendly. It wasn't a very respectful or professional um, mannerisms within the two. Uh, T was supposedly they were fucking... Supposedly got pregnant or didn't get pregnant. Mind you, the man is married. 
This is just T I just heard. I can't confirm nor deny. Maybe we can have him on the on the on the podcast and maybe have him show up and actually explain the shit or talk about it. And maybe we could get that, you know, straightened out. Um doubtful, because most people ain't gonna confess to some shit like that, especially if they're still serving in the military, because you know, that'll hinder their careers. Uh if they get to a certain point, it probably won't do nothing to them because they'll just be like, oh, it happened already. But if let it be a soldier or something, then it's like, hey, we got to get this guy. We got to fix this. We can't have this shit happening. So there was a lot of that in that battalion that happened. And that was just like one of the reasons why I was just like, bro, y'all doing all this shit. Everybody's kissing ass. Fucking this person, fucking the other person. And it's just like you wonder why people don't want to stay because then. The person that actually does their job gets screwed over. Um, And it was just like, that was just like that. The amount of shit that probably further was happening, it was just like, I I don't know. I tried, like, look, I tried not to pay attention to it because I was like, look, I don't want to know. I don't want to know that anybody knew I knew. I was just like, if you're telling me, you're telling me. I got to deal with my own shit. I'm not fucking dealing with people's other bullshit and then this person doing this and this, that. Especially when it's people that try to act like they're the best around and try to downplay people or belittle people or talk shit to people. And it was just like, because they think they hot shit when they really not. And it's just because they were fucking the person that was in charge. That's it, basically. It's like all those little movies you see with the secretary and the boss. And then the secretary ends up becoming like part supervisor was just like how like no experience didn't do anything and now you at the top of the... people start questioning stuff like that but in the army it's just like oh no they they were working hard i was like how is that everybody else saw that they didn't do shit but you it don't add up do it but that's another thing um and then during that time, I was just like, I was selected to go to SLC, which is a senior leader course, which was for me to go to uh, become a Sergeant First Class. And that happened to me when I was only at seven years, which is pretty fucking fast for anybody to get selected to go to school at that seven year mark. So basically, if I would have gone to school, I would have been a Sergeant First Class. Chances are, if I would have fucking gotten that and gone to school and all that, I would have probably still, I, most chances are I would probably still be in the military because I would have been a Sergeant First Class now at 12 years because I hit 12 years this, I would have hit 12 years this August and I would have been a Sergeant First Class already, which means I had eight more years to get to Sergeant Major, which was going to happen. Um, But yeah, I got scheduled for the class early as shit because I was surprised. My first Sergeant was just like, you already? I was like, how long you been in? I was like, seven. She was like, damn, that's you doing good. Keep it up. I was like, okay. She was mad because it was like, oh, so you're going to be gone for this time. <laughs> September. I was just like, hey, I'll, I'll still, you got people here, people here. I'll, I'll build them up to try to take over. Um, We had one NTO, uh, Renato. Hope, hopefully, I get to see him again. Um, That kid was a knucklehead. He was smart. He was dedicated. But you had to teach him what he had to do. The thing is, he's better off now. He's a drill sergeant now. So, top off to you, man. Um, But me and Nathaniel got on this dude because it's like we saw potential. You know, it's like you see potential in soldiers. And some soldiers you just have to be tough on. This kid you had to be tough on to, like, make it sink in. Because it's like you're doing this. This is what you got to do with soldiers. This is how you got to do 
paperwork with soldiers. This is how you want to counsel the soldiers. This is what you want to teach them. This is the stuff because he was working behind the scenes to try to progress his soldiers. But thing is, is the soldiers didn't realize that the soldiers just thought he didn't know what he was doing. The thing was, is that he didn't know how to show what he was doing so that people could see around them. He was doing all the stuff, but he wasn't telling anybody. He wasn't telling the higher-ups. He was keeping the information to himself, and he wasn't getting help when he really needed it, which would have pushed him further. But his soldiers saw it as, like, oh, this dude don't know nothing. And sometimes I had to talk to the soldiers, or Nathaniel had to talk to him just to let him know, like, hey, man, this dude is doing what he's supposed to do for you. There's very little chance that you're going to find an NCO that actually cares as much as the NCO you have. And a lot of soldiers don't understand that sometimes. Sometimes they just think it's being hard on them. And sometimes they don't understand that till they go to another location. And then they be like, fuck. This dude wasn't even that bad. Like, this dude actually cared. I'm here now. These people don't give a fuck about me. <laughs> and, that, and it happens a lot in the military. So that that's that's one thing. But me getting scheduled for that class, COVID hits. Um... And it was two years of just stupid. <laughs> it was a lot of drinking. That that was bad. Like, there was a lot of drinking going on. I drank a lot. I drank way too much. We were barbecuing, damn near, all the fucking time. Because um, you couldn't go, no, like I said before, you got locked down on base. COVID made shit simpler. You didn't have morning formations. You didn't have afternoon formations or battalion formations. You didn't have any of that nonsense to go so it was just like you took care of the stuff but then that's when all that probably all that fucking started between the within the battalion because it was like people weren't reporting to work some people were going to work but they weren't showing up to work they were working from home some people were working from home some people weren't some people didn't have a spouse claim they had a spouse but didn't have the spouse and then somebody else's spouse was going to see them um and it was just like a lot of a lot of craziness going on. Uh, but that I got that. And then COVID hit, my class got canceled. So I was like, okay. I was like, I figured, okay, they're gonna, you know, reschedule me after COVID calms down and they start opening up the classes, they'll reschedule me. Uh they didn't. Uh the army went to this whole new system of promoting where it wasn't a sequence number, because before it was basically you got once you got your promotable to Sergeant First Class, you got hit with a number. So whatever number, let's say you were number 150. So you are promotable, I would be Staff Sergeant Cruise promotable, number 150. That number meant basically that I had 149 other Staff Sergeant promotables that were ahead of me. I would not pick up my Sergeant First Class till those 149 were basically promoted so that was the system how it was before now they changed it to a different system where it's basically you're ranked but your ranking determines doesn't mean you're gonna get promoted first it's just basically like an order of merit basically so basically you could have been number one but hey if you didn't make this class or you were flagged or whatever the case it would bump you down so that number two would take that spot or when it came to um, duty stations, picking where you wanted to go, the higher up on the list you are, the better chances you had of picking the location you were trying to go to. So it changed It changed a lot. But then with that system, since it was like, oh, it's a new system, we're not going to reschedule you for class. And I'm like, hold on. Y'all had me going to the class early already. 
which I was ahead of my peers. There was only, I think, like, for the people I went to the non-commissioned officer class, uh, ALC, advanced leaders course, before, I think it was only two people from that class that were ahead of me that became sergeant first classes before I even got the class. They were fast-tracking, too. So I got it ahead of a lot of peers, and I, because I asked my friends, I was like, "Hey, did y'all get this class?" And they was like, "No, man, you got that shit already." I was like, "Yeah." So they were surprised, and I was surprised. They were happy for me though, because I, I made some great friends out of those people there, because they were just like, "Hey, I was teaching them how to do paperwork, this, this, and that." They would teach me how to do more of the in-depth stuff when it came to chemical stuff. I was still learning, but hey, I was in those books studying. Um, I was the reason we drank, though, unfortunately, but. Hey, we went to ALC. It was like we were going to drink. Why? Because um, we had to study. We had to memorize basically like a thick-ass book of basically like, hey, when you drive on the highway, you see all those containers. When you see those 18-wheelers with those containers in the back and they have those placards, we had to know all of that. So we had to know what each container was, what it carried, what the possible pressure of the PSI was that it had in it, what it traveled in, what it was, and what it could do. So we had to do that and just be able to memorize all that stuff, not including all the placards, different information. And it was just like a lot of information to fill in. So in order to do that, we just had to, I was just like, I was stressed. I just went and bought like a 30 rack of beers and because it was our whole little platoon that did it. And I was just like, hey, man, y'all grab a beer, relax, let's drink, let's have a good time and study. After that, I think everybody relaxed more because they had a beer in them and the beer let them like cool off and, you know, relax. And then we started questioning each other, like check on learning and stuff like that. And everybody started, it started sinking in more because we weren't so stressed and closing our minds off because of how stressed we were. So, yeah, I take blame for that. And then from there, we, we were drinking like most of the time. Every day, it was just like a couple of beers just when it came to studying then when they had like our four day, we went, bought a, had a little grill, went out to the lake or a little river that they had, which I didn't even know the base had a river within it. Played volleyball, grilled and stuff like that. Good times. Um, 